0: Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Amen, congregation. You may be seated. It's a great crowd tonight. Uh, People who love their reputation show up on Sunday morning, but people who love God show up Sunday night. Come on, somebody. I am totally joking again. I always like to start with a joke uh, just to keep the atmosphere clear and fun and joyful and to enter into your orbit at the right angle so that we can actually connect. So, <clears throat> thanks for being in the house of the Lord today, tonight. And so I have a word for you, and I'm going to move quickly here, but this is, this is really uh, burning in my spirit. Our time of prayer with the kids meant so much to me with those uh, 10 uh, or 11 and 12-year-old students. How many know they're getting ready to enter into the seven most turbulent years of their lives? Seven of our numbers end with teen 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. How many know if only three of the numbers ended with teen, this crazy season wouldn't last so long? Don't you wish it was 14, 15, six ton, seven ton, eight ton? Because how many wants, you know, nobody wants to be an eight tonner. Seven of our numbers end with teen. But I believe that if you'll give those years to God, and let's use the number 70 as the lifespan of a person, although it's longer today, that if you'll give God those seven years, which is a tithe of your your life, that you will live under an open heaven for the rest of it. You will be a teenager for seven years, you'll be an adult for seven times longer. You'll be an adult at least 49 years, 50 years. And if we are, if we could raise up a generation that said, I'm going to tithe my teen years to God, that they would live and become the envy of their friends from that day, that season onward. It'll require a lot of us. It'll require a lot of teaching and training. It will require teaching students how to manage their money today. You know, there's just so many needs. People need to know how to manage all areas of their life. But I'll tell you, if, you have, if you've caught their spirit, you're on to it. And so here we go tonight. I want to share with you, th- well, here's the title of tonight's word, Voice Lessons for Generation Next. And so that's why I wanted to speak to the students a few minutes ago and says, if you're able to be here, I trust you can be, so that I can give you some voice lessons. You know, whatever network it is that came out with that, the program that we watch sometimes, I, The Voice. How many have seen The Voice on television? Yeah, it's great. But that's not original with them. They stole it from us. It comes from the Bible. John the Baptist was asked, well, who are you? A voice. John the Baptist was the original The Voice winner. And tonight I want to share with you how he became the voice in three easy lessons. Or maybe I should say three not so easy lessons. But if you'll pay the price, you'll be the voice. Say it with me. If I pay the price, if I pay the price, I'll be a voice. I'll be a voice. None of this has to do with your salvation. Everything I'm saying now has to do with your sanctification. This isn't about getting to heaven. This is about bringing it before you go there. What I want to talk about now is not going to heaven, but I want to talk about bringing heaven before we go. And some would say, well, what kind of theology is that? Come thy kingdom, be done thy will on earth as it is in heaven. We're in good territory here. And so let's talk about this guy named John. We know that John was a Johnny-come-lately. He was born to senior citizens. I don't know what it is about God, but he loves just having fun with old folks. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. I mean, if you're a senior citizen, you might as well get nervous right now because God might be dialing your digits because He loves to do crazy with people that shouldn't be able to pull it off. (coughs) I mean, if I was God, I would have used a woman who was married to bring the Son of God. But not our God. He brings a teenage virgin and says, I'm going to use you to bring God to the earth. How do you explain that? Well, then how do you explain Sarah and Elizabeth... No, Elizabeth, Sarah. No, that wasn't the marriage. It was, <coughs> come on, even though it would work today, but not, 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 not in the Bible. What is it? Who was it? Um, Zachariah and Elizabeth. So Zachariah and Elizabeth want kids. They want kids really bad. And do you know that God listened to the cry of Elizabeth and Zachariah? And this angel showed up when he was doing his Priestly duties, the one time he could go into the Holy of Holies, and the angel of the Lord showed up and told him, Your wife is gonna have a baby. And he's like, Are you wha- uh, wrong? Couple, don't you know that we're so old? No, they actually wanted a baby, but they probably thought they were too old. And he started to argue with the, the angel. And how many know there's some things that God hates more than smoking? I've said it to you before, but I'll say it again. I'd rather be with a faith-filled chain smoker, because they'll just go to heaven early, than be with a non-smoking, pessimistic, no-faith believer. Give me a faith-filled believer who believes God can do anything, but Zachariah got in an argument with the angel and, and the, or the Lord. And the Lord said, well, you know what? I'm just going to shut your mouth until the baby's born because you just need to be quiet. No, seriously, God shut his mouth. It's like God says, can I just take you out of the equation? I'll use your body, but I won't use your confession. So he goes home and his wife says, how was work, honey? "Ah." How was work today? You can't speak. Ah, ah, ah. Well, what happened at work? Ah, 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 ooh, ooh. And she's like, what do you mean? Ah, be quieter. we both won't be able to speak. Do you, do you know that it was nine months later that they had a baby because he wanted to speak again? Come on, let's just have fun. Do you know that he did not speak for nine months? And when they brought this miracle baby in, they were going to name it Zach Jr. But what was the word of the Lord? His name shall be called John. So Zachariah really freaks out for. And they got him a blackboard and he wrote down. Ugh. That's an O, H, and when he spelled the name, God opened his mouth and he began to speak again. This is the context in which John the Baptist, greatest man born among women, was born into. So you know he's in for quite the ride. God's doing something here. He picks a virgin to have the Son of God and he picks a pair of old folks to have his cousin. Do you know that John the Baptist died because of his going against Herod and there were many things, and, and, but, but it didn't matter because who needs a head when you don't have a job? He was done. Didn't we learn about that this morning? He must increase. I must decrease. So who needs a head when you don't have a job? You know what I'm saying? Cut my head out. I don't know I'm done. Now I don't suggest that, but that's what happened to John the Baptist. Now, but let's go into this. I want to share three words tonight. The Bible says that John the Baptist in Luke chapter one verse eighty, the first word I have, the first voice lesson for a younger generation, is separation under the Lord. Now how many in this room know God's salvation? Amen. Now how many have experienced his separation? Wow, that's a whole new ball game. You see, God doesn't need people that are just saved. He needs folks that are separated. I'm gonna say it again. God doesn't just need people who are saved. He needs people that are separated. So separation is not salvation. Separation is sanctification. And if God has plans for you to be a voice, you must take the voice lesson of separation or you will not know what it is to be a voice. You will be an echo. So God separates people, and I'm going to prove it. Could we read the verse together? It says here in the Word, Could we read together? It's such a beautiful screen. So the child grew and became strong in body. Thank you. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the playground. How many know that it would be much easier if it said so. The child grew and became strong in body and was in the playground till the day of his manifestation. You see, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna follow God, you got to be open to verses like that. If you're gonna follow God and become a voice instead of an echo, 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 then you're gonna have to know what it's like to grow strong in spirit and you've got to do it alone. You cannot do it with people. There is a place for the body of Christ, but then there is a place where the body separates itself and looks at the head and stays there. I'll never forget being baptized in water when I was 14 at six in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I thought I'd share Alberta, Canada, just in case you didn't know where it was. But it's, it's in Canada, Alberta, um, Elbow Drive. And I'll never forget in 1973, going down into the water to be baptized by, in water. And I was so turned on to God that when I came out of the water, I did not hear an audible voice, but I might as well have, you are my son, and in you I'm well pleased. I felt such divine favor from the heavens that I could barely dry off, get my clothes on and I went into the balcony of First Assembly on Elbow Drive that is there tonight and if I could be transported I could be at the same place. And I went and paced back and forth in the foyer of the church upstairs, speaking in the heavenly language because I was filled with the Spirit when I was 12 with the evidence of a heavenly language at Central Pentecostal Tabernacle. Don't you love my history? It's all from here, man. And so there I am just I felt such favor. Ha, ha, ho, ho, God, you're awesome. I mean, I was losing it. I don't do crack. I do God. Thank you. And it's free and it comes without a hangover. And I went, I went. I went into the church and sat down. And 20 minutes later, he left me. He says, I got a live wire here. I need to play hide and seek with him. Seek me and you shall find me. If you seek me with all your heart. God decided to play hide and seek with a 14-year-old. And most folks wouldn't even know He was playing the game because they don't know He's not even there. Not unlike maybe Samson, who because of his compromise wasn't even aware that God wasn't there. But like Moses, who says, do not leave us, for if you leave us, the nations surrounding us will say, see, look what God did. He gave up on them. Do not leave us. For three months, God played hide and seek with a 14-year-old. In the meantime, I went crazy trying to find them. I went to the Christian bookstore down on Jasper Ave. No, that's in Edmonton. I went to the bookstore. I had already moved here by then. I went to the bookstore in Calgary. Christian. I bought books trying to find God again. I remember saying to my mother, she was doing the ironing, I says, Mom, God has left me. And my mother was like, okay, you're you're... Really? Okay, let's find them. She didn't know what to do with it. How many know Jesus frustrated his mom and dad? Come on, how many know they marveled at what came out of his mouth and they did not understand it? If there's any teenagers in the house, I'm giving you permission to frustrate your parents with your desire for God. Three months later, the Lord came back. He came. Now, of course, you know, spiritually, he didn't leave me. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I understand, but God's multidimensional. He can contradict himself dynamically as much as he wants. He is a contract, contrasting mystery. And when he came back, he did not come back to the same 14-year-old he left 90 days earlier. He came back to a kid. Who had just passed a test. And it's called separation. God separated himself from me, and then he separated me from you. I'll tell you what, it was a hard time. God would speak to me on a Sunday night in church. I'd be sitting like you're sitting tonight. And I'd be in, in, at the church. And the Lord would say, no gospel hamburger for you tonight, what do you mean, no gospel hamburger for me? I need fellowship. No, go home. Go into your bedroom and turn into a Bible college and seek my face. And while the rest of the youth group was out doing big boy, remember big boy? The big fat guy out there with the hamburger? While the rest of the youth group was doing big boy, I was doing God. And you can't explain this stuff. It wasn't about my salvation. It was about my sanctification. It was about separation. The first act of creation is separation. God separates the night from the day, the land from the sea, the firmament from the ground. God is a God of separation. That's the first voice lesson. The second voice lesson is found in Luke chapter 3. And if we could read it together, this is a tongue-tire, but let's see if we can do it. Luke chapter 3. The next word, or let me say what it is. You know what? If you can change this in the back, don't do the word yet. Can you give me the scripture instead? Let's see if that can happen. It happened. Let's read. Could we read together? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the earth shall be... Okay, you know what? You're, you're, you're fired, whoever you are back there. It's, Ma- it's, it's Luke chapter... What did I give you? It's Luke 3, 1 to 3. You gave me Luke 2, 1 to 3. This isn't Christmas. Are you ready? Is it it possible for us to see it? I think it's coming up. Can I just read it? Here I go. In those days, John the Baptist um, I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 3. Here we go. Uh, Luke, Luke, chapter 3. In those days, no, here it is. Maybe they'll beat me on the screen. Let's see if I can beat them. I beat them. Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberi, there was a light. I I felt it. It burned the back of my head. Come on. Could we read together? Let's read. Now, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea, Herod being the Tetrarch of Galilee. His brother Philip, tetrarch of Atyria. How many know this is why we don't read the Bible? (laughs) How many know this is precisely why we? (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm going to try to pronounce them too. Of Atyria and the region of Trichonitis and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. Finally, Texas is in the room. Texas, Abilene, Texas. Okay. While Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests, The Word of God came. Come on, somebody. The Word of God (coughs) came. Say came real strong. The Word of God came to John, (coughs) the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now, what word would be a good word that would go with separation that kind of sounds like it's a rhyme word that would represent what has just taken place in the life of this separated young man? Visitation. For every separation, there will be a visitation. For every separation unto God, You can count on a visitation from the heavens. If you will separate, he will visitate. That's not good English, but it's true. He will show up, not in his omnipresence, but in his manifested Shekinah glory presence. It's a different level of his presence. Just like there are levels of heaven, there are levels of his presence. God visited a young man at 14, and it was like, if you get that visitation from the heavens, you will know this last thing. Check out Matthew chapter 3, verse 4. Now John himself, I don't know, I just like the first three words. I just, aren't they awesome? Now John himself, I don't know about you, but it's just refreshing. Now John Himself. Is there anybody here that wants to just be themselves? Oh, no, you're too holy for that. I can't be myself. God wouldn't want me to be myself. I'm too much of a piece of work to be myself. Do you know that you fully alive is his glory? Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair. How many know the guy hadn't been at the mall lately? Because they don't sell that there. How many believe this guy was himself? I'm drilling. I'm drilling past your psyche. I'm drilling into your spirit right now. Levi, you're not Levi, but your shirt says Levi. I declare, you're Levi. <laughs> Just kidding, sorry. No, you're yourself. Fully alive. Not only does this guy wear weird stuff, he eats crazy stuff, too. He goes to restaurants and orders bugs. The waitress says, bugs. He says, yeah, does that bug you? I'm eating what I'm wanting to eat. Thank you very much. There's protein in these locusts. I'm doing bugs. How many cents? This is refreshing. How many do not want to order off the menu that the world provides? <laughs> How many would rather eat locusts and course, the way to keep the locusts, because they're probably alive, is with wild honey. You know, it'll stick them. You can't get out. You can eat it, and it's sweet. Who here needs to break through in your spirit and pull off a, you know, I'm myself. I don't know why we get the idea that if you're a Christian, you're a cookie cutter one. I don't know why you would get the crazy idea that Christians are supposed to look the same, be the same. I'm going to tell you right now, John the Baptist is my friend because he was a manifestation of John the Baptist and the glory of God at the same time. You told me about work. Third row, right here. She said, you know, I'm going to share this just if you don't mind. She works the HR department for a technological computer company somewhere in downtown Edmonton. And they told her, you know, you just need to cool your jets. Maybe a little bit. We know you're a one of faith. And she let her boss or her people know, I honor, and I honor that. But if someone wants to talk to me privately about the hope that is within me, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to manifest. I hope you're not a Lady Claire all Christian. Only God knows for sure. That would be for the older crowd. you got to be at least 60 to have received what I just said. How many remember the commercial? Only your hairdresser knows for sure. Lady Clairol. I'm going to end with this. I heard a preacher friend of mine say this recently, and I'm going to say it to you. Everything about you says everything about you. I want you to get to the place in your life where everything about you says everything about you. The way you walk, the way you drive, the way you talk, the way you get up in the morning, the way you eat, the way you sleep, that everything about you says everything about you. Because when everything about us says everything about us, people cannot refute the testimony of a radical voice for God. I want everything about me to say everything about me. I don't leave my Christian version at home on Monday, but who I am becomes very apparent no matter where I am. And that's why God was able to use Joseph in such a powerful way. Because Joseph never forgot, and you can play right now there, Mark, Joseph knew where he was, no, who he was, no matter where he was. And when Potiphar's wife tried to take him on, he turned and ran the other way. Why? Because frankly, in the end, everything about you will say everything about you. How many this evening are saying, man, I want everything about me to say everything about Jesus? How many want everything about you to just be a a testament to the glory of the Lord in your life? How many think these are three pretty cool voice lessons? Amen? The voice lesson of separation, visitation, manifestation. And I will be turning it over in just a moment, but let me say this. Don't compare my story with yours, because God doesn't call everyone to the same thing. You might get to have your hamburger, but maybe it'll be something else. All I know is that when I look into the past of a great voice for God, I see anointed imbalance where they spend more time with God than they're supposed to. There's just a season that they can refer to. For me it was 14 to 16, two hours a day with Jesus in my bedroom every day, Monday to Friday for a two and a half year period. That's why I'm like this. Your reach is determined by the Lord. But the only thing that God cannot give you is your obedience. When He says, come, separate yourself unto Him, I guarantee you He's going to visit that separation. And in that area of your life, you will be a manifestation. That's so true. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Christ's city is a voice to the nations and a voice to the city. Lord, we don't want to be an echo, we want to be a megaphone for your glory. Lord, I thank you that you called me to separate myself unto you. And you weren't asking me to separate myself from sin. You were asking me to separate myself unto you. Lord, the separation you're asking of us is not to be separated from as much as separated to you. Lord Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we seal this word tonight with an attitude of gratitude. And we say to you, Lord, you can count on us to be found at your feet consistently, Lord. That we would be like Mary who chose the right thing. And because she chose it, it was not taken from her. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, has it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Give the Lord a hand. Amen. We're going to sing to the Lord in just a moment. And, and uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time praying for these kids. And, and and if there's anybody else in this room that is 12 and younger, uh, stand up right now, right where you are. You're not going to cut. Just stand up. Because I've already prayed for... But, but there's some 9 and 10 and 8s. Come on, 12 and younger. Come on, Levi, get up. Get up. Good, 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 good. Okay, come, just, hey, there's a bunch of you. Run, 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 just run. I'm not going to take, we're going to be done within two minutes. Just come, 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 come. Come, come, come. Run, run, run. And just for congregate. Yeah, face the people. Face the people. Kind of make some lines there. Face the people. Face the people. Wow. Congregation, you have a future. Wow. And here are the real young ones. And if there's a mom or dad and it needs to make your way up here because maybe a son or daughter is a little, a little nervous, then please, please feel free to come and join them, but... Hey, you guys, all you young ones, we love you here. And I get to pray over you right now. Come on down, young man. Come on. I'm going to go around here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, folks, I'm going to tell you what, there's there's just about as many of them as there are of you tonight in this place. And that's a, that's a compliment to you, Mom and Dad. You know, I, I, I understand church culture. I understand church culture. And, and people don't usually have services on Sunday nights like you guys do. And if you were to stop having them, it would not be a judgment by me. But let me tell you, for families, psychologically, the Sabbath becomes the whole day when you have an evening service. And there's something about it. I grew up where Sunday night, Sunday morning, I went to hear the pastor. Jack Keys was my pastor. He's gone on to be with the Lord, Jack Keys. I went on Sunday morning to hear the pastor, but on Sunday night I went to hear God. I don't know what it is about p.m. But God speaks in the p.m. like crazy. And so I knew that if I came on Sunday morning to hear the pastor, I could come on Sunday night to hear from God. And we always opened up the altar. The altar was the scariest place in the church. In our culture today, we spend way more time in the foyer than we do at the altar. And that's where we're at, except for the fact that the foyer isn't separation, that's community. This area is where you'll become a voice. It's up here that you become a voice. It's out there that you are a megaphone for the glory of God. Amen? So before you get further from the front, get closer to it. And that, you know what that means. So, guys, girls, I want you to know that you're in the house of the Lord, and you will know this area in your own life. And thank God for a church that has made itself available to serve you in this age. So here's your voice lessons. Separation, visitation, manifestation. Those are big words, bigger than some of you can handle at this season. But I declare, are you ready for this? <laughs> Bang! What's on me's on you. I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> Bang! I declare that what's on me. is on you. Three is a good number. Bang! Bedrooms are Bible colleges. Devotions are a delight. Separation will be your experience. Visitation from above will be your heart. And you will be yourself for the glory of God. You will be yourself, Lincoln, for the glory of God. You will be yourself, Miss Pink, I must. You will be yourself for the glory of God. You don't have to be nobody else. Don't let anybody tell you that you need to be somebody else. You make a lousy other and a wonderful you. I speak it. The heritage of God is on you. Hallelujah. Shatanamaha. So I speak it in the name of the Lord. Whew. That was a workout right there. That was a good thing. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we're getting ready to leave this place, but we're not leaving your presence. God, you do your work in this generation. And now I declare you'll never return to the Lord because you're never leaving the Lord. And thank you for letting me talk to you, Levi. I'm joking like I've been doing. Okay, parents, I want you to know that I didn't bring these resources for you to say, ah, we don't need them. 21 lives changed at 12 throughout history. Rembrandt, Louis Braille, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham. Around 12 is when the human changes. It changes through puberty. It changes from concrete to abstract thought. This book along with this book will create a rite of passage for your family and you will raise the standard of what it means to train a child in the ways of the Lord. I encourage you get a hold of these and we'll reduce the price on those two for twenty instead of what we usually do. This is a book on how to turn a bedroom into a Bible college. If you've got a 12 and under student, get it and do it with them. If you're an adult, turn your own, well, for the businessmen, boardroom Bible college. If you're on the throne, bathroom Bible college, come on, somebody, read the Word. It'll change your life and then have the nerve to put on an I must, and when people say, I must what? You say, I must be about my Father's business, and you have an I must also. Do you know that every human has an I must? They have a reason for the season they were born. We need to call it out of them. Call it out! Notice the wiring of people and then speak encouragement into their spirits. Do it at Starbucks. Tim Hortons, which is better. Come on, pull stuff out of people. Catch their wiring, prophesy over them, comfort, encouragement, and edification. Be good to people. So get these resources. And I already said to all the choir here, You come and get your own wristband, okay? I think we have enough in their size. Oh, what a blast, Pastor, to be in the house of the Lord. How many don't want kids that are just a little different in a dorky way? No dorkiness included. Have righteous edge, righteous edge, righteous edge. John the Baptist saw 400,000 people in his 18 months of ministry, scholars say. 18 months of ministry, 4 to 600,000 people, 30 to 40,000 people a week left the confines of the city to visit him in the wilderness. That's a magnet. And it's because he was separated, visitated, and manifestated to the world. We receive the word of the Lord. I love you guys. I don't even know you, but I don't need to know you to say I love you. You love me too. I know you do. And if you don't, you're in trouble. We love one another. Bedrooms are Bible colleges. Hey, there she goes. Just like the wind of the Spirit, man. They just. The less they weigh, the more they throw you around. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I'm going to turn it over here to maybe nobody. Okay, our worship time. Sorry, I went long. Let's stand before the Lord if we could.